0: Hey, welcome to another episode of The Breakdown. It's Nick and I back at it again.
1: Guess who's back? Yep. Back again. Back again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're not Slim Shady. Right? I mean, uh, yeah, we'll not right. be wrapping on this podcast. No, but no, we'll save that uh, for later. We're excited. Uh, we're we're going to begin a new series next week. So this was a one-off series. But before we get into the podcast and the sermon, I yeah. kind of want to ask you about the church here at mm-hmm. Galilee. Um, there's been some pretty cool things happening. So as a leader of the church, what what do you see happening?
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. And it's kind of it's it's easy to answer and then it's hard to answer because I think, you know, having been here over a decade now, starting my started my 12th year just weird to say because in a lot of ways it feels like we haven't been here very long and in other ways it feels like we've been here forever right so watching the church transition over time um, you know it was it always had excellent i mean it's had excellent leadership for 50 years before i was ever on the scene by any stretch of the imagination my my predecessor tom plank and so many leaders in the church he would always be quick to point to so many others who were a part of that Laid the groundwork, you know, yeah. and and established great growth. You know, they didn't just lay groundwork; they they grew the church and made disciples, and you know, they they had so many wins for the kingdom long before we were on the scene. So, saying all that, having to go through that transition, which you know, by all you know, in, intents and purposes, went extremely well still the church had to transition and our people handled that well and but there's still kind of a process right and you go through it and you establish new leadership and direction and the the church shifts and changes and i think in a lot of ways when you try to put your finger on okay what exactly is it that's leading now to growth post-covid you know you could point to us handling covid well i think from a leadership standpoint we did that well not, not me, but we did that well. And so I think that's a part of why we're seeing thriving here over these last couple of years. I think we've remained faithful to the gospel, mm. which is the most important thing. We've mm. never wavered on proclaiming the truth of, of the word of God and loving people well, which I think are the two fundamentals, right? But when you really want to put your finger on it, and it's just funny that you've asked me about this because I have, I have thought about it. I think that it's all the Lord. Like, I think when you want to put your finger on it, there's not any amazing thing we're doing differently Mm. in the year 2023 that we weren't doing in 2018, 19, 2020, even in in the COVID season. We were doing good things then too. We had healthy practices during that season as well. Mm. I, I would say that we've never been healthier as a staff we've never been healthier than we are today with a with a group of leaders uh, the men that are leading our church right now and the women who are leading in our church Mm. we've never had a stronger group of people like that and the lord has brought us people that are now sold out engaged members in our church that are excited about kingdom growth And excited about their church and when you put all those things together that's how you put your I think that's how you put your finger on it right it's a collection of a lot of things but beyond anything it's the Lord it's prayer it's faithfulness over a long period of time and trusting that what we say all the time and what I've said for over a decade we're not here to grow a bigger church we're here to grow disciples, to make disciples who make disciples. And I would say that that's what's that's what we're seeing. That's what we're in the midst of is the fruit of that. And the Lord just saying, okay, I'm going to increase your territory now. This is the time, right? And we just say, okay, yeah. you know, we were ready for it. We thought we were ready for it for you know six, seven, eight years ago. But the Lord said, you're not ready for it yet. That this is a time I'm preparing you for this, and you have to have all the parts and pieces in place that I want you to have for what you're going to do next. Because to me, you know, this is just a springboard to what's next of yeah. of what the Lord wants us to do for kingdom growth. Mm-hmm. So,
0: and our job is to remain faithful.
1: You yeah, this. and we won't, you know, Lord willing, we won't ever waver on that. Yeah. You know, we're. We're just gonna do, you know, put our nose down and do the work and yeah. believe that if we'll put our nose down and do the work, the Lord will bless it. I just it's always been my mentality. And it's cool to
0: celebrate our moments like we had last night where yeah. um, the engagement that we've had from our members at our church to join connect groups to be to come to our dinner, to yeah. uh, congregate and fellowship. Like those moments are really cool, especially as the church <clears throat> staff is talking about it in the morning and excited. Like that gives us, um, just even more reason to be faithful to what God is doing here in yeah. Jefferson. So yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, and
1: I, th- I think, you know, you won't want me to pat you on the back on that, but I think your leadership on the group's part of the process is really good. That's, that's also as good as we've ever had. So I think the leadership there of encouraging and engaging group leaders and casting vision for what that can be um, and opening new doors for groups I think that's a that's a big part of the the positive parts of this too. So good job. I appreciate yeah.
0: that. And uh, I only did that for the podcast. We, uh, I'm, I'm taking that back. I'm taking it back. Cutting yeah. it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and I feel like uh, even as staff people, like sometimes we honestly like we have a plan and yeah. we think it's the right plan, and God just takes it and shifts it and changes it. right? And it's beautiful to see that happen and to be a part it's, of that. And
1: It's just the Lord's people like being engaged. There's yeah. nothing better, right? Like, yeah. you know, we can do all kinds of stuff and we can make all kinds of plans, but until people get excited and get engaged and decide they want to serve and work mm-hmm. and do and put in the effort, that's, I mean, that's where it has to, the rubber has to meet the road, right? Because yeah. you just, you can't, you can't make people do that stuff. Mm-hmm. They got to want it. And to see them wanting it, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. It's encouraging. It
0: is. Yeah. Speaking of things that the Lord is doing, yeah. um, a, your sermon this week was called Inside Out. Right. And it's not on uh, based on the Disney Pixar movie, yeah, no, as decided, I thought. Decided not to base it on that.
1: We could have themed the entire church. I know you've seen all that, seen that stuff that. going around, yeah, right?
0: I'm okay that we didn't. Yeah, uh. Yeah. We decided not to go that path. Uh, but but your main text was from Luke 11:37 and it's this interaction between Jesus and the Pharisees. Kind of give us an overall picture of what your your sermon was about.
1: Yeah, so you know, at, at the end of the day it's it's Jesus's interaction and him basically saying, you know that that you have to be changed, you have to be, God has to do this work on you, right? Like, you're not going to be able to, to do this work yourself. You know, read the text, because I think—do we have the whole text in there? Yeah, I do. I think you ought to just read it, because yeah, I still. feel like it does the best job of, of laying it out. So this is
0: from Luke eleven thirty seven through 44. Yeah. When Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. But the Pharisee, noticing that Jesus did not first wash before the meal, was surprised. Then the Lord said to him, Now then, you Pharisees, clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. You foolish people, did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But give what is inside the dish to the poor, and everything will be clean for you. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all other kinds of garden herbs, but you neglected justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you love the most important seats in the synagogues and greetings in the marketplaces. Woe to you because you are like unmarked graves, which men walk over without noticing it.
1: Yeah, the Pharisees had all the outside stuff right, and that's why we called this message Inside Out. You know, you you have to be changed from the inside out. You can change all the outside stuff all you want to impress people, to... Pull the wool over their eyes and make them think you've got it together, and most people are really good at that. Yeah. And most people are not hard to fool, mm. so you can do it. Like everybody can pull that off. You yeah. know, you're not special, right? Yeah. Just because you've got people that think you've got it together when you know you don't. Um, most people can do that, just like the Pharisees did. And so, you know, when Jesus is being really, he's being tested here, even in his invite in to this Pharisee's home, but yet he's saying, "Hey, I'm." I'm gonna kind of put you to the test and help you understand some things and at the heart of this is it starts on the inside not the outside and you all are leading people astray Mm -hmm. you know yeah this is and I'm
0: sure we'll get into some more of that well let's talk about that first point turn your example inside out and so like you were saying the Pharisees were really good at um, obeying the law and, and making it look like they had everything together but there was an issue with the heart which Jesus gets to a lot um, on the Sermon on the Mount, he talks about, oh, you've heard it said. And, and right. so he's quoting this Old Testament law, and then he says, he, he takes it to an even more extreme, or he uncovers and reveals what this law was actually trying to do. Yeah,
1: what's this. the heart behind mm-hmm. the law? Yeah. So much of the Sermon on the Mount is God uh, God in the form of Jesus Christ, of course, revealing this is what the proper interpretation of these texts looks like. Yeah. You know, every rabbi would teach, and I've talked about this before, their yoke right there, mm-hmm. which meant, which was basically their interpretation of Torah. Jesus is the interpretation of Torah. Mm-hmm. He is the word, the Torah itself, right? Yeah. And so when he comes and speaks, he's saying, this is what I mean. <laughs> Not this is what it means. Yeah. No, he's saying, this is what I mean when I'm saying this. Yeah. So when you've heard that it was said, say, you've heard me say this and you thought it means this, but I'm telling you, I mean this, right? That's the way we have to read it, because that's what Jesus is saying, right? He's saying, this is what I mean. So listen up. You know, I didn't mean clean the outside of the cup and dish and feel like all done. Just because you
0: haven't murdered somebody. Right doesn't mean that you aren't in sin and he gets to that anybody that who has angered against his brother right has committed this this sin and the lust against a person right mm -hmm. yeah so and those were the
1: you you pulled all three examples out that i use and i and i and again jesus used them i just stole them from him so you know those are the perfect examples though of this is the heart behind this And yeah, you can get off on a technicality and be like, well, I didn't kill anybody, so I'm not guilty of it. No, Uh, you do this every day, you know, it's like that's uh, that's the heart of the law. And so change your example. That's the whole point of this point, this first point. You need to look at your example differently because your example is all wrong. Your example in your mind is get it right on the outside and that'll be good enough because people will think. I am whatever. yeah, right?
0: People yeah. will think I'm good. Yeah. And Jesus
1: is saying, well, that's no plan at all. Yeah.
0: So that's the heart of that one. And, and I was whenever I was reading through your notes, I was yeah. thinking, so how do we do this? And your second point, it, it talks about turn where you find your value inside out. right. And so I think that's a natural lead of, okay, are we doing this for the right reason? Yeah where are we where are we grasping our strength, our hope, In is it in ourselves and what we can do? Well, that's absolutely going to fail every time. And so we have to shift that to understand what Jesus has already done for us. And so let's talk about turn where you find your value inside out.
1: Yeah, well, two weeks in a row, we've talked about how ridiculous it is that we care more about what other people think than what God thinks. Of of us, so our valuation system is screwy, right? Because we are caring more about what man thinks than what the God of the universe thinks, and very few of us would say that we do that, or think that we do that, or confess to doing that. But the truth is that when we live our life where we think we're hiding things from God, and we are pulling the wool over the eyes of the world, and they don't know the difference, and we we are harboring sin and areas of disobedience in our life, we're only fooling ourselves. We're certainly not fooling God. And well, I guess we're not only fooling ourselves. Sometimes we're fooling other people too, right? But it's kind of the same idea. That is us affirming in our behavior. Even if we don't affirm it in our heart and mind, we are affirming in our behavior, I care more about what other people think than I do God, what He thinks. So I have to change my valuation system in that and say, okay, the thing I value most is pleasing the Lord yeah. and I have to do more than just pay that lip service because it's easy to say that. It's another thing to actually live that out.
0: I like one of the things that you highlighted in your notes about the church being a safe place to confess our sins mm. and for people to love one another. Mm. I think that's an an important, um, really practical tool that we can use to really realize um, if we are worried more about what other people think of us or our right relationship with god because confession will humble you quick yeah but it also frees you from the the guilt that we feel because we have not perfected ourselves yeah and one of the things that you i think you talk about it maybe uh, at some point in your sermon is this idea where we We'll we'll have a really good week, and we'll come to church, and we're all excited. And then the next week, we'll have a really bad week, and we're super hard on ourselves, and we're, like, dragging ourselves to worship. God wants you, and he loves you, not based on what you've done, because what we've done doesn't amount to much. He loves us based on what Christ has already done for us. Yes. But it's that mindset that we're in of our works— Earn our salvation. Yeah, the
1: mentality you just mentioned that we are all guilty of is a misunderstanding of the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we really fail to grasp the gospel when we think our behavior earns us God's approval. Yeah. Our behavior does not earn us God's approval. We are approved by God in Christ Jesus we continually have to seek forgiveness for our sin and we should be repentant people all of that's critical but it's hard for us to break that cycle of thinking again it's a valuation system issue we're working in the worldly valuation system where if you offend me right now it's going to be difficult for me to not hold that against you and you could immediately apologize to me or not and I would have trouble letting that go. Whether you apologize now or later or whatever, because of the way our human relationships work, some part of that is going to linger, right? Well, the Bible says about the way God works is that he casts our sin as far as the east is from the west. And if that's really true, then God has forgotten about our sin the moment that it's confessed, mm-hmm. that it's gone. And I would say that we tend to put our human perspectives on God, who's not us. Again, Isaiah says, uh, you know, my ways are not your ways, Mm -hmm. right? So we have to change our way of thinking a lot, and we most certainly have to to have a good, a sound way of thinking about the gospel. It's, you know, we say this all the time around here, you know, there's not anything you can do when you are in Christ Jesus to make him love you more, Mm -hmm. and there's not anything you can do to make him love you less. You know, when you're dead in your sin, that's a problem. You know, you're not in Christ. That's bad, right? And he he abhors sin. So you need to get away from that. But once you are in him, you've been baptized into him, you've been sealed, you've been covered by his blood, you are a new creation, right? You no longer live. Christ Jesus lives in you. Right, and you live through him, like literally, you live, you have life through and in him. Right, in him we move and we have our being. The Book of Acts says. So I I think like that's a whole other deal. And once you are there and sealed in Christ, you know, you you're not, you are, you no longer have to come dragging in here or come dragging into your daily life feeling like, oh man. God doesn't want to have anything. That's a misunderstanding of the gospel.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that we did last night in my connect group was kind of talk about uh, the vision of what our group is, mm-hmm. where we feel like we need the most growth as Christians and particular topics that we want to talk about. And one of the things that got brought up was this idea of, I want to be who I am on Sundays throughout the whole week. Mm. And I think what you said is the perfect reminder of how we can do that, is on Sundays isn't the only day that Jesus loves you <laughs> when you come to church and Correct. you're in the right place around the right people. right? That that continuation, that continues throughout the whole week. And we need to be reminded of that. I think it's, it's MacArthur, and I think I use this probably every time I do communion meditation, is that we are very forgetful people and need to remind ourselves of the gospel daily. Yeah. Because... I know how easy it is on Sunday because mm-hmm. you are around the people that love God and mm-hmm. and you're hearing the Word and feeding and meditating on it, but those same things can happen throughout the week. Mm-hmm. This doesn't have to be a one-off of, all right, I saw my peeps on Sundays or Wednesdays, which led to another thing we talked about is we want to be more intentional about how we communicate throughout the week to encourage one another to follow Jesus and remind ourselves of what the gospel is. Yeah. And so there's this, um, I think, disconnect for some people of, all right, I have to do everything good on a Sunday to have a good Sunday and then to have a rest of a good week. Mm. But you don't. Mm-hmm. You want to do good. Right. It's it's because of our faith that leads us to good deeds, like James That's the talks outpouring about. of our worship. That's yeah. the outpouring of... of Of a heart that's been transformed and that's what Jesus is getting at with the Pharisees is that this has to take place Mm It's this transformation of the heart now sanctification absolutely takes time and time like you said there will be a lot of repenting and a lot of forgiveness that is given to us and a lot of grace and mercy that's shown but as the local church we can be there to help guide one another and disciple and walk along the same path that everybody else is walking towards Christ to help in this effort of sanctification sure. and so that's that would be my what I feel like I was hearing as as we confess our sins as we become more open with one another that's where that transformation takes place
1: yeah, and I think you know if you're really gonna if we're really gonna do that if we're gonna do more than just talk about that as a good idea like mm-hmm. confession is a good idea because everybody believes that yeah, like yeah. Most, most I don't really, think anybody would argue right but the problem mm-hmm. is we're really bad at it because yeah. it's um, it's hard for us to trust people yeah. and from a practical standpoint there are some things we would confess that we know that people will judge us for mm. and so it's all the more critical that you have people in your life that you are close with right. Yeah. You know the there's levels of transparency and i've given our church this example before but you're honest with everybody Mm -hmm. right you are transparent with a few and then you're vulnerable with even fewer people so you have levels and we've shown it like in the in a form of a triangle honest with everybody that's everybody gets my honesty right i'm i'm transparent with a few people right you know there's there's um you know, there's a, a group of people that I can be transparent about some stuff, and like that's kind of me on a Sunday morning. You know, I I tend to be transparent in the pulpit, and I and I said in the in the message, right? Like I know the Galilee Christian Church is a place where I can do that, mm-hmm. and I can do that even in a public place like the pulpit, and it's a safe place to do that because Anne fired me yet, right? <laughs> I've been confessing my imperfections. Yeah. Um, but let's all get real, right? There are some levels of, of sin or failure that we have in our life that are reserved for the select people that we truly know we can trust and we can hand them our heart. Yeah. Like we could put our heart in their hand and say, I know you won't break this. I know you won't crush this. Mm. What you will do is, and I've, I've talked about this before too, you'll not hold me accountable. You'll hold me close. Yeah. And in that, I'll find accountability, mm. right? So my encouragement to everybody is be honest with everybody, right? Be vulnerable with a few, uh, but be transparent. Be transparent with a few. Be vulnerable with that even, you know, smaller few that you know you could trust. You need to have those people in your life. Um, Because I think that when we think about practically how will this work, we can talk about confession all we want. But if we don't give people an actual pathway of safety to help make that happen, they won't do it. Yeah. So it's critical that we actually kind of give you the roadmap of what that looks like. Find find one person even that you know you can really, really, really be vulnerable with uh, because that is going to be healthy for your spiritual life.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Anything else you'd like to add to um, the conclusion of your sermon?
1: No, I think that that we wrapped that one up and it's good. You know, I'm looking forward to this new series, uh, Things the Bible Doesn't Say, is what we're going to be getting into
0: this week. Like, (laughs) the
1: Bible doesn't
0: say that, right? But a side note about that, Uh, I told Heather that I was preaching, and originally I was preaching that last Right. And so I just sent her the topic. Okay. And she was like, I don't think that's biblical. And I was like, oh, "Oh, the sermon series is about things that the Bible doesn't say. Until so I got a kick out of that. I but, love uh, that she called you out, though. See, that's
1: one of your – she, you know, vulnerability yeah. together, right? That's transparency. I love that. Yeah. So yeah. she was not afraid to be like, hold up now.
0: That's That doesn't make sense. Yeah, hold up, group, hold up now.
1: That's right. Uh, yeah,
0: I'm excited for that as well to get into that series. Should and should be fun. To continue on with our small groups, man, I, I feel like um, Wednesday nights are – and were one of my favorite things that we do here right and so to to have a small group of people that you're studying the word with and that you have the opportunity to be transparent with i mean i don't think there's that's my favorite part of yeah. ministry here. So
1: it, it is cool. It's People hate it when it goes away for the summer and stuff when you take a break. But everybody, I think when you come back in August and you see the energy, I think everybody's like, oh, okay, I understand why yeah. we all needed a break. Because sure. the absence makes the heart grow fonder. There's a rekindled passion and energy and spirit. And, you know, I, I think that's such a great... We, I really love that rhythm mm-hmm. that we have. That's a really healthy spiritual rhythm that yeah. we have. And so I I look forward to seeing it play out here at the end of this year and into next year, Lord
0: willing. Same. So. All right. Well, that's another episode of The Breakdown. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next week. See you then.